Welcome to the Management Insights Podcast Series hosted by McGraw-Hill Education. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our Management Portfolio. Today's topic, Your Competitive Advantage, Becoming Career Ready. Our guest, Angelo Kanicki. Welcome. Glad to be here, Deb. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. I uh, graduated with my doctorate from Kent State University in 1982. From there, I spent 34 years at Arizona State University, where I'm now an emeritus uh, professor, and I've now returned back to do some uh, adjunct teaching at Kent State University, my alma mater, so that's kind of fun. In addition to those academic roles, uh, my wife and I have a consulting company, and I've been an active global consultant for about 30 years, and in my spare time, I write college textbooks. (laughs) I have uh, two of them with McGraw-Hill. One is in organizational behavior, and the other is on principles of management. How did you become interested in the topic of career readiness? You know, that's an interesting question. It really stems from, from two things. One, my consulting work. And when I'm out there in industry, I keep having these senior executives say, hey, Kanicki, why can't you academics graduate people that have the skills that we need? We're not getting what we want. And I kept hearing that over and over again. And then the other thing that got me interested in that was research that's been done on the topic of career readiness. So let me first define what I mean by career readiness, and I'll talk about the research. Career readiness simply means are students graduating with the skills that employers want, ergo career ready. Now, there's been a bunch of research on this topic, and I was following that for some work I was doing on my, on my books, and it really alarmed me. So, for example, there was a large uh, study done in the U.S. with senior executives, and they asked these people, do you feel college graduates today have the skills you want? of this sample said, no, they do not. They followed up with, well, what kind of skills are lacking? You probably won't be surprised. 44% said it's the soft skills. And in particular, communication, creativity, critical thinking, and collaboration. Those were the four critical skills that they found. Now, this was followed up by another research study done by the Hart Institute. They did a study of 613 students and 400 employers around the U.S. Results are actually quite cool. What they found was the students, the majority of the sample of students, said that they possess this list of about 20 competencies. The employers, on the other hand, the majority said the students do not possess the skills. For example, one of the skills assessed was critical thinking. The employers concluded only 26% of college graduates can do critical thinking. The students said, nah, 66%. We're good critical thinkers. They asked them about oral communication. Employers, only 28% are good communicators. Students, 62%. Now, in this particular sample, the competencies that were most important to the employers were problem-solving, creativity, analytical thinking, collaboration. The fact that students and employers disagree is alarming to me because what it means is many current day students think they have these skills, but they're not really at the level that employers desire. That means as professors, we're not doing our job in preparing our students to get out there and do a really good job. And we need to do something about that. That's what's got me interested in it. What can you tell me about the career readiness competencies employers are looking for? So there's been, again, a lot of research done on this, 
And what we're finding is they fit into four buckets. The competencies fit into four buckets that follow the acronym KSAO. K stands for knowledge. S stands for soft skills. A for attitudes and O for other characteristics. So let me highlight a few of the competencies, Deb, that are important. Under the knowledge factor, employers want to hire students who have task-based knowledge. What that means is if I'm hiring an accountant, I want a person who can do accounting. If I'm hiring a person in human resources, I want them to know HR. If I'm hiring somebody in supply chain, I want them to know supply chain. If I'm hiring a psychologist, I want them to understand psychology, task-based knowledge. Another one is cross-cultural awareness. Employers today are saying we want college graduates to have knowledge about that. Here's another one that's fundamental, understanding the business. College graduates go for interviews and they don't understand the business the employer is in. That's a no-no. And then another one under knowledge is called new media. Yes, employers expect that. College graduates can come and deal with all the social media and all the new technology. So those are some of the ones under knowledge. Under the soft skills, nothing surprising here. Communication, teamwork, leadership, um, social intelligence, emotional intelligence, ability to network. There's many more, but those are some of the big ones. These are all these soft social skills that we really don't even have classes in. Under attitudes, it's things like, and this is interesting, being accountable, being willing to accept that we are accountable for our behavior and not making mistakes. Be a proactive learner. Deb, this is a huge one I'm finding. As life changes and things become more complex, our jobs change. Heck, I'm doing podcasts now as an author. You got to learn. You got to learn new stuff. Going to school doesn't end the learning. It's the start of the learning that we use the rest of our lives. Organizations want people who have that desire. And here's another one. Positivity. Organizations are getting tired of Eeyore. They're getting tired of people who have negative perspectives and don't see the positives. The glass is half full, not half empty. That's one of the attitudes that employers are looking for. In the category of other characteristics, it's things like work ethic, professionalism, resilient, adaptable. Man, do I hear over and over, Angelo, Kaniki, why can't your students be more resilient? Everything changes in life. You got to roll with the punch. This isn't like school where you have curves and changing stuff. You got to be resilient, adaptable. That's what organizations want. So the competencies are knowledge, soft skills, attitudes, other characteristics. And I've also, I've accumulated a list of about 30 of these things, 30 of them. There's a lot. That's what employers are looking for. Wow. That's a long list, Angelo. Is there a shorter list of key competencies? <laughs> it, it, it really is a lot. And when I look at that list, I go, oh, my gosh, Angelo, you don't have a bunch of these yourself. Yes, there is, uh, Deb. This is my take from studying the research and, and working as a consultant. This, 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 uh, so I'll call these Kaniki's top five. Number one at the top of the list is critical thinking problem solving. I just see more and more and more when employers hire our graduates they want the students not to apply some theory. They want them to think, solve problems, make the organization better. That's a really important skill. Emotional intelligence is the second one. They want students who have emotional intelligence, who can get along with others, work in, work in different teams and with different uh, diverse employee groups. So emotional intelligence. Oral and written communication, really, really, really important, especially in today's global world where you're interacting with people from around the globe. 
The next, uh, the fourth one is the ability to work in teams, work with others. And finally, the last one are influence skills. So I would say the top five are critical thinking, emotional intelligence, oral and written communication, work teams, working in teams, that is, and the ability to influence other people. Those are the ones I would emphasize to my students and even to myself. How can students increase their career readiness? So, Deb, first off, there's some general recommendations I'd like to make, and then I'd like to suggest a a process. So for the listeners out there, I will talk about a four-step process that you can use to improve your readiness. But let me first give you some general recommendations. Number one, put effort into it. If you want to improve your career readiness, you have to create an intention that I want to get better at something. For example, when I wanted to be a better professor in the classroom, I created the intention that I was going to get better. Having that intention led me to go to training to learn how to process a case, to learn how to have a discussion-based environment in the classroom. So number one, you got to put effort into it. You are going to get out of it what you put into it. Number one, put effort into it. Two, you got to get honest feedback. If you want to improve some of the competencies I talked about, like let's say communication, adaptability, and critical thinking, Who's going to tell you how you're doing? You don't want someone just to say, oh, yeah, Deb, you're great. Deb may be great, but what you really want is someone who will give you the honest truth. The best person for me is my wife, Joyce. Sometimes it's pretty hurtful, but the one thing I know when Joyce gives me feedback is it's to help me, not to hurt me. Find someone you can trust, someone that will be honest with you, not puff you up. So two, get honest feedback. Third, stop what researchers have identified as the self-serving bias. It is all over. What is it? Self-serving bias is the tendency. It's a a very human tendency. I have it as well. And that is to claim that success is due to me. I'm a great book author, and that's why I sell books. It's due to me, not anybody else, me. Self-serving bias also comes out like this. Well, I failed not because of me, but because my marketing manager, Deb, did a bad job. Or, hey, I took a test and failed, not because I didn't study, but because the Professor Kanicki writes bad tests. The self-serving bias is the tendency to take credit when you don't deserve it and to shuff off failure. You've got to stop it because if you use that, you will not get to the competencies of things like adaptable, self-awareness, proactive learning. It's a tendency we all have. I try to be aware of it and and try to stop it uh, myself. So that's the third general recommendation. The fourth one is you really need to get some self-assessments on these competencies. The list of the competencies can be found by searching on the Internet. You can find them. They're there. They're also printed in a textbook I have called Management of Practical Introduction. They're there. You can find them. The next thing is to get self-assessments. There are different valid self-assessments. Get them, take them, and then develop a plan to get better. And if you need help developing a plan, find someone you know who's skilled at some of these career readiness competencies and ask them for input. Related to that, the fifth recommendation is read. If you want to get better at some of these competencies, you got to learn about what they are and how they work and how it can improve. So you would need to, to read. For those of you listening who are students, I can't say this enough, join student groups, network, practice these skills, practice them at home. The only way to get better is to learn what they are and, and then practice them. So now, Deb, let me end with 
So, okay, Angela, you gave me all these things to do, but is there a simple four-step process, five-step or something I can do to get better? And the answer is yes. Here's the four steps. Number one, if you want to improve something, you got to get feedback on where you stand. So step one is, what is my current reality? What is my status of my career readiness? Low, medium, high. You've got to get feedback. These feedbacks can come from friends, family, etc., or they can be from self-assessments, but you've got to get some feedback. Now, if you're a new graduate getting ready to get out there into the workforce, what I might ask myself is, well, if I'm looking for a job at a particular company, can I study that company and find out which of this long list of competencies they may want? Find out what they are, get an assessment of myself on those competencies, and that would be step one. So step one is you got to know where you stand, current reality. Step two, once you understand where you're at, pick one or two of them that you want to work on for the next six months to a year. Don't pick 10, ain't going to work. One or two, identify what they are, then go read, study, investigate, and find out recommendations for how you can improve on them. Now, some of your textbooks, if you're a student, might have them in there. Professors, there are some products that have advice about how to improve these competencies. That's one way. You can use textbooks, other books. You've got to read and find out what it is you need to develop to improve. All right. Once you know what you need to do, you create an action plan, you implement the plan. Create the plan, implement the plan. So, for example, if you want to improve your your oral communication skills, one action in your action plan might be join Toastmasters. Another one might be volunteer for presentations at your church or synagogue. You've got to develop activities to help you develop these skills. So, third, create and work the plan. Finally, evaluate how you're doing. You know, one of the things I find a lot of people miss on self-development is They say, okay, this is what I want to do. I make a plan, but they don't get feedback. How can you know how good you're doing unless you ask somebody? Hey, if my goal is to be a better communicator, am I in fact better after joining Toastmasters? You can only know by asking other people. So the loop is feedback as to where I am, identify what you need to learn, work the plan, evaluate the results, and round and round you go and you keep getting better. And when you feel you've mastered a particular competency, then pick out another one. And Deb, I want to end with this. The biggest mistake I find that my student graduates have made is they think that the learning ends when they walk across the stage and get the diploma. Deb, you know, I know, that's the start of the game. Now I'm in the real major leagues. That's where employers want all of us to develop. So those of you listening, it doesn't stop when you get the degree. It starts. Go out there, learn, and I promise you, if you demonstrate to an employer that you're proactive, you care, and you take responsibility, you are going to advance. And the other thing is, I think you're going to find you're happier. Why? Because while we're on this planet, it's a good feeling to grow and learn and contribute to the betterment of our society. Deb, thanks for having me. Angelo, thank you so much for sharing your perspective, experience, and advice, especially on this critical topic of becoming more career ready. To our listeners, check back for future topics and spread the word to your colleagues about our podcast series. Why? Because learning changes everything.